Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and live from the 4th and Inches Christmas party, it's the 4th and Inches <laughs> show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, how are you? And uh, happy uh, championship week. Yeah, um, I, I think I'm still recovering from uh, watching an index card decide whether or not the Cowboys had a first down. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was an interesting, uh, interesting couple of of plays this weekend. I'd say I, Jesse James got robbed. I uh, just just a weird weekend. How about you? How are yeah. your teams doing? Funny, Jesse Jesse James is usually the one doing the robbing instead of being robbed. Yeah, but uh, I don't I think he likes being on the receiving end. Probably not. As long as no. it's a, if it were a catch, he wouldn't mind. But if it's not a catch, True. it's a different story. Um. Doing okay, you know. Have uh, have some things to look forward to this weekend for the the fantasy championship weekend. So that's always good when you have something to be happy and excited about. But uh, just as uh, last week, you know, I had several, you know, just lineup dilemmas this week. Guys that you know I've been counting on all season that uh, look to have pretty bad matchups this weekend. So I'm sure we'll get into all that. But uh, why don't you start off by telling everyone where they can find us, and then we'll dive right in. All right, so we are in championship week. This is the big push, people. Sherpa's got some teams. I've got a couple. I know you do if you're listening. And, of course, why would you miss this? Um, but don't fear if, for whatever reason, you know, you're not playing for glory this week. We've got you covered with daily fantasy picks and, of course, our predictions, which are always a sight to be seen. Um, but in the meantime, we will be here for a full hour. We've got an action-packed show for you. Uh, you can find us all over social media. You can find us at FantasyFootballSherpa.com. On Facebook, at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. On Twitter, at the number 4THN Inches Show, JKIM16, and Fantasy underscore Sherpa. If, for whatever reason, we don't answer your question, you want to debate us uh, a little bit more or side with either Jana or the Sherpa, feel free to find us all over social media. We're happy to answer any of your questions. If you need lineup help, coming down to the wire. Uh, and, of course, we always just like talking football, so we're always around for that. Um, but today we will dive in, give you all of our predictions, news and notes, injuries, who to start, who to sit, and, like I mentioned, the daily fantasy picks as well. So we've got all kinds of good stuff coming for you today. How are you feeling about it, Sherpa? Um, one of our cats has just decided to come help me co-host the yeah. show, and he <laughs> told me that he wants to pick the Lions, the Bengals, the Panthers, and uh, the Jaguars, Jaguars this weekend. So yep. You know, those start. aren't bad picks. I'm I'm on Team Cat over there. <laughs> okay, we'll see. Maybe, maybe not so, the Bengals, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get there. I'm not sure I agree with his picks, but... Uh, we can discuss, maybe he won't, but uh, the rest of us can discuss when we get to that. <laughs> so why don't we uh, start right in on everybody's favorite uh, position and running back and uh, start off with uh, it, who's on the, the naughty list for this week, the, the guys that are injured that you think Ooh. we should avoid for this week? Well, we got uh, a couple of guys who are getting a little healthier. We got one coming back from suspension, and then, of course, uh, we've got a few guys who are dinged up. Leonard Fournette's dealing with that quad injury. Uh, didn't didn't go so well last week. It looks like he'll be okay this week. We keep an eye on it. Rex Burkhead dealing with a bad knee. Theo Riddick's dealing with a wrist injury. He looks like he will be fine. Joe Mixon's still working on getting out of the concussion protocol, but he looks like he's on track after missing last week's game. Tevin Coleman also dealing with a concussion. That's going to go a little bit more down to the wire, so keep an eye on it. Kerwin Williams is dealing with a quad injury, Damian Williams with a bad shoulder, Austin Eckler with a hand injury, and Chris Ivory with what they're calling an undisclosed injury. Uh, But I think he should play. We'll see what happens. And then, of course, we have good old Ezekiel Elliott back in America from Mexico and eligible to play this week. I hope he wasn't connected to those uh, bodies they found hanging around Cabo, but... uh, I'm also hoping he didn't just spend the whole time eating churros and sunbathing because no one has really any idea what he was doing down there. He claims he's in shape. He looks like he's in shape, but, like, who really knows? Yeah, that's true. He certainly hasn't been uh, facing game competition there, or at least I would think not the last... uh, Or reporters. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah, it would be interesting. You know, we'll get to that you know, as we talk a little bit later about whether you think, you know, you, especially being the big Cowboys fan that you are, whether you would trust uh, him this week. But we'll get to that. In terms of 
oh, waiver wire pickups. Waiver wire pickups this week. There's really not much that I would recommend. I mean, probably the the best one of the bunch is the suddenly resurgent Jonathan Stewart with Carolina, who's got a, a pretty favorable matchup at home against Tampa Bay. Of course, the caveat there is you never know quite how the um, the Panthers are going to you know, divide up their um, their um, their run game run again back. between yeah. Christian. Christian McCaffrey back, like, and Stewart, so I'm a little leery to recommend him. Mike Davis is still out there, but I'm not sure I really like him against Dallas' defense. Peyton Barber, Wayne Gallman, and Elijah Penny, you know, chances are you're, you're not in the final if you're having to rely on one of them this week. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's kind of slim pickings. Uh, Kerwin Williams, who I mentioned, is, is a little banged up. Um, might be at the top of my list this week with Adrian Peterson going on IR with that neck issue. Uh, but quite frankly, that's not a game that's going to be all that high scoring, which we'll talk about later. So I'm not excited about any of these options. Like like you mentioned, if Jonathan Stewart's still out there and he is in some leagues, that's probably your best bet. But, I mean, stick with the guys that got you to the dance this week. <laughs> you know, there's a few that I'm a little bit leery about. One in, one question that I have in particular that I'll, I'll say for you, but uh, – Anyway, why don't you start us off on the top ten lists for this week? Who, who which running backs do you like most? Oh, Le'Veon Bell is at the top of my list, followed by Todd Gurley, who crushed one of my fantasy team dreams last week. But you know, good for you, Todd Gurley owners. Um, as you alluded to is before, the team named Gurley Mon by any chance? <laughs> no, thankfully. <laughs> okay. But um, Ezekiel Elliott's number three on my list. I'm feeling good about him coming back, even if he did spend six weeks eating churros. Uh, I'm, I'm still going to start him. I feel okay. Seattle is, is a real mess, but we'll get there. Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, kind of interchangeable on the list. Uh, I have good old LaShawn McCoy and those Buffalo Bills playing New England at six. Kareem Hunt at seven. Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, and Devontae Freeman. And then just outside of my top ten, Deion Lewis, Christian McCaffrey, and Jordan Howard. Uh, you would be amazed about how much overlap there was in our top ten list. The only one, of course, that didn't overlap was the one you had at uh, number one, who is number one on my avoid list. But uh, we'll get not to that. into uh, Le'Veon Bell this week. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not. Not against Houston's uh, run defense, but we'll see. So. For me, I have uh, Devontae Freeman at the top of my list, followed by Todd Gurley, LaShawn McCoy third, Kareem Hunt fourth, Ezekiel Elliott fifth, Alex Collins, who was the one we didn't overlap on sixth, Mark Ingram seven, Alvin Kamara eighth, Leonard Fournette, assuming he's healthy enough to play nine, and Jordan Howard ten. And then just outside my uh, top ten, I had uh, J.H.I., Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry and uh, C.J. Anderson. So uh, much more overlap on our list this week than usual. So hopefully that's a good sign for yeah, those of you who have those guys on your weird. team. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Very strange. But so, we'll, we'll um, take it. All right. Hit me with your uh, avoid list for this week. Marshawn Lynch is at the top of my avoid list, followed by Jay Ajay. Uh, obviously I'm not feeling real good about run, the run game in that game. Samaj P. Ryan, Frank Gore, Isaiah Crowell, Doug Martin, Aaron Jones, Orleans Darkwell, Lamar Miller, and Carlos Hyde. A lot of names I actually like on that list, just not good this week. Yeah, um, again, quite a bit of overlap, a little bit different. Um, a little bit different order, but uh, quite a bit. You know, the, the one we obviously disagree on is Le'Veon Bell. He's at the top of my avoid list. That doesn't mean I think he's yeah. the worst running back this week. It just means of the people that, you know, a lot of fantasy owners would be likely to start this weekend. He's the one that I you know, have the most doubts about. Kenyon Drake is number two on my list. He's had a nice run recently, but I don't expect that to continue against Kansas City. I think they're going to be playing from behind and it's going to end up being the Jay Cutler air show for better or for worse. Uh, Melvin Gordon, mm-hmm. third. Yeah, I think Philip Rivers and the Jets. I mean, Philip Rivers will end up throwing most of the time against the Jets. Mike Davis, as I alluded to before, four. Jamal Williams, five. Lamar Miller, six. Isaiah Crowell, seven. Wholeheartedly agree with you on Marshawn Lynch. He's eighth on my list. Uh, 
the Joe Mixon-Giovanni Bernard combo, uh, whichever one starts there, number nine on my list, and then Samaje Pirine checking in at number 10, and uh, Carlos Hyde, Orleans Darkwa, Doug Martin, Theo Riddick among those uh, that I'd also be looking to avoid. Okay. All right. It's, so that's a scary amount of the show, uh, but... overlap between our two <laughs> lists this week, which hopefully is a good sign, but uh, we'll say consensus of experts, we're gonna, right? We're going to find out for sure. <laughs> the group decision is always better than the individual's decision, so set your lineups yeah, accordingly. Okay. <laughs> so how about uh, wide receivers now? Uh, who's who's on the, the outs this week? Uh, some you know, one big obvious one, but uh, why don't you? Who's who's on yeah, the injured sure list the, that we should know the about? The biggest biggest name this week, Antonio Brown, going down with that partially torn calf. He's being shut down for the year. Granted, it's only two weeks, but the Steelers, you know, sneaking in the playoffs here. Uh, Devonte Adams dealing with a concussion. Marquise Lee uh, rolled his ankle. Chris Hogan is still dealing with that shoulder injury. Amari Cooper with his ankle injury. It looks like he's looking like he's going to play this week, um, but. Again, who really knows with him anymore? Jeremy Macklin has a bad knee. He left the game. That didn't look great. I would tread lightly there. Emmanuel Sanders is dealing with a foot injury. Deshaun Jackson with an ever-present ankle injury. Alan Hearns also dealing with an ankle injury. And Tavares King with a concussion. Still not out of the concussion protocol yet, but quite frankly, I don't think you're resting all your hopes and dreams on him this week. Uh, so for what it's worth. Okay. <laughs> hey. In terms of uh, waiver wire, Pickups. There's a few more options this week. Um, the ones I'm most interested in are the Jacksonville receivers. We were touting D.D. Westbrook for Jacksonville last week, and of course mm-hmm. he yeah, had all of two catches for 21 yards or whatever that was last weekend. And meanwhile, his uh, running mate Keelan Cole, who had a couple of nice weeks uh, earlier in the season, but then hadn't been heard of, heard from for a while threw up a great game last week. So, and he's also out there in a lot of leagues. Tyrell Williams uh, suddenly resurging with the Chargers, and especially if Keenan yeah. Allen's back is bothering him, figures to be pretty involved in the passing game against the Jets. Um, Kendall Wright, Tyler Lockett still out there, Kenny Galladay, uh, Geronimo Allison. The one that I've also seen on a lot of lists for this week that I'm not as crazy about is Mike Wallace and not so much because I don't think he's a good receiver or that, you know, he wouldn't be their primary target with Jerry Macklin out. But uh, I just think that Baltimore is going to do most of their damage against Indianapolis um, by the run. So I'm not quite as psyched about him as, as some others. But uh, who's who's on your list or what's your take on the waiver wire for wide receivers? D.D. Westbrook is definitely at the top of my list. He is the healthiest wide receiver there, and Blake Bortles is looking at him. Uh, They haven't always been able to make it connect, but I think this week he's got a really good matchup. Uh, Blake Bortles over the last three weeks has been very strong. (laughs) I think the time's going to continue. Believe it or not, Jacksonville actually has a top-five offense now in terms of uh, points scored per game, and maybe that's more due to the running game than him, but he's certainly uh, (laughs) – been helping there yeah could you imagine Blake Bortles versus Nick Foles in the Super Bowl I mean eh, not likely I mean stranger things obviously I'm the only one hyped about that but I am very excited <laughs> okay but back to the Jacksonville wide receivers for a while I for a bit I, I wanted to talk about this but for instance yeah. you know you're really psyched about D.D. Westbrook and I have him on a team mm-hmm. but if you had the opportunity to pick up Keelan Cole to replace Westbrook would you do it or would you say you think Cole was a flash in the pan and that they'll go back to Bortles to go back to targeting Westbrook how what do you make of that game Uh, was it just a fluke or what can we read something more into that um I I for me D.D. Westbrook's the guy he's the one that I think has been a little more consistent throughout the year Cole's been good I think he'll play a part but I just don't know if it's going to be enough of a role um, and and last week probably was to his detriment. I think that it made defenses a little more aware of him, and that's going to be more detrimental overall to his value. People know about D.D. Westbrook, but he's been a little under the radar the last few weeks, um, and, and I just think that he's going to be the safer of the two options. Well, he didn't even play uh, Westbrook until I think week 9 or 10, so he doesn't have that long huh? a 
track record yet, but you know, as you yeah, mentioned, I mean, like, you look more... at you look at the Jaguars team from you know the beginning of the season, what they looked like to yeah, all their wide receivers you know, were named Allen yeah. at the beginning of the season, <laughs> and they're not there anymore. Yeah, it seemed to have worked out okay for them, though. <laughs> yeah, especially with Marquise Lee, and now with uh, Westbrook and Cole coming on, so. All right, um, why don't we get to 10 lists? I'll take first crack at the wide receivers. Um, Believe it or not, I actually have Tyrell Williams at the top of my list. Um, Ooh, okay. um, Followed by Brandon Cooks with New England, Adam Thielen, Minnesota, Juju Smith-Schuster with Pittsburgh, number four on my list, Doug Baldwin, five, Julio Jones, six, Mike, Mike Evans, seven, uh, Golden Tate, 8, Michael Thomas, 9, and Larry Fitzgerald, 10. And then I've got guys like uh, Robert Woods, Alshon Jeffrey, Martavis Bryant, and Marvin Jones, Stefan Diggs, uh, outside my top 10, but still uh, strong picks. Wow, okay. Our lists look a little, not a ton different, but they do look a little different. <laughs> more so than uh, the running back list? Yeah, more so than the Rex. I've got DeAndre Hopkins okay. at the top of my list. I think that Houston's going to have to play from behind a lot in that game. <laughs> All right. So, so I think you we're seeing things a little is. differently. Yeah, but uh, please continue. <laughs> I'm guessing our lists look similar, but different lists. <laughs> uh, you're big on Tyrell Williams. I've got Keenan Allen, two on my list. Adam Thielen, three. Michael Thomas, uh, four. And Juju Smith-Schuster, five. Uh, then I'm looking at Jarvis Landry, A.J. Green, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Alshon Jeffrey, and I've got uh, Brandon Cooks and Doug Baldwin, Mike Evans on the outside looking in. Okay. Um, <laughs> fun. All right. So my avoid <laughs> list, um, DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins is at the top of that list. And Des Bryant. All right, so uh, clearly our our theme of this show is whoever I like the most, you're going to hate them. <laughs> well, perhaps. Maybe. But um, I just I just don't like the matchup. Other than that, if I liked the matchup, I'd be really high on him, but uh, not so keen on the matchup. But you're right, they probably will end up throwing a lot if they're from, you know, playing from behind. But, yeah, I, I don't really yeah, trust – T.J. Yates is a quarterback, and I think Pittsburgh's secondary is pretty good. So I, I think that doesn't bode well for Houston, but we'll see. Maybe the, the Christmas uh, spirits will be generous to them. But um, So DeAndre Hopkins is at the top of my list. Des Bryant, number two. A.J. Green, who is on your uh, top ten list, is on my uh, avoid list. T.Y. Hilton, Robbie Anderson, who in spite of our putting him on the avoid list last week ended up with a fair number of catches and yards for the Jets, but you know, I still wouldn't trust him in a championship game. Josh Gordon uh, kind of disappeared last week, and I don't really trust him this week against Chicago's defense. Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Marquise Goodwin, who's been on a nice roll with Jimmy Garoppolo lately, but I don't expect that to continue against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's best in the league pass defense. And then uh, Mike Wallace uh, rounds out my uh, my top ten avoiders and uh, Kendall Wright, Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, Ricardo Matthews uh, also on uh, my my list to to try to avoid. Okay, um, so I on my avoid list, I'm looking at Packers wide receivers. <laughs> Don't don't want any part of Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, uh, Marquise Goodwin, Jameson Crowder, Richard Matthews, uh, Jermaine Curse, T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders, Cooper Cup, and Robbie Anderson. So a little bit of overlap there. <laughs> yeah, and of course um, the the player you were correctly referring to is Richard Matthews, and the player I were I was incorrectly referring to is Ricardo Matthews, are <laughs> actually one and the same. So I guess I get my uh, Santonio <laughs> Holmes. His, that's his and, alias. When he makes his That's hotel reservations right. and stuff under. That's right. When he's in when he's in Mexico, he goes under Ricardo Matthews. Probably. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I knew I couldn't get through a whole season without uh, screwing up somebody's name. So, yeah, That's there okay. you have it. I, I waited until okay. the second to last uh, show in the season. Actually, I've probably done it before and just not realized it. But with that one, at least 
uh, it's one of those things as soon as I uh, said it, I knew it was wrong, but I didn't want to interrupt your list. And so meantime, I've eaten up probably a minute of the show uh, talking about that. So why don't we move on then? So how about uh, quarterbacks uh, who's on the injured list that we should be aware of? Well, RIP Aaron Rodgers, he's back on IR because the Packers are no longer in the playoff hunt. Um, I mean, if if they'd won last week, things had gone a little differently. He's probably playing this week, but they're not saying it's because they're out of contention. We just all know that. Uh, Trevor Simeon also got knocked out of the game with a shoulder injury. Uh, Brock Osweiler, you know, looked serviceable. So we'll, we'll see how things go uh, come Sunday this week. But those are those are your biggest injuries this, this week. So it was a little better week to be a quarterback, I guess. So I'm not going to gloat about Aaron Rodgers because he did throw three okay. touchdown passes. But were you surprised or disappointed at all, or were, did you get pretty much what you expected from him? Or what was your take on um, him? I was a little I was a little disappointed. Um, I don't necessarily think that his receivers did him a ton a ton of favors, but he made some bad decisions. A little rusty. He's got some some piece, metal pieces in his shoulder that, you know, maybe we're limiting him a little bit more. But I think I, I don't think this IR move is because he. I mean, they said he didn't have any kind of setback. I don't think it was because he was ineffective. I think it was just, you know, purely they don't need to put him out there and risk him anymore. Or they should just shut him down. Um, I think he did. I think he did fine. I was hoping for a little bit more. The interceptions would have been nice to not have, but you know, it's it's probably about where he should have been. Um, so, in terms of who's available on the waiver wire list that might be useful mm. to you this week, um, yeah, the only guy there's there's actually a couple, but Nick Foles is probably the most useful person if he's out there and you, you know, happen to have Aaron Rodgers and lost him, which is uh, something one of my opponents this coming weekend. Uh, you know, that's mm. the boat that he finds himself in, but somehow he still won with, uh, in spite of Aaron Rodgers this past week, so good for him. Uh, Jim yeah. Cutler is another one that I think might actually be in. You know, I'm not generally a big Jay Cutler fan, but I did pick him up a couple of weeks ago in one league when I lost Carson Wentz, you know, sort of as, a, as you know, a second option in case something happened to Tom Brady. But you know, thankfully, I, I don't have to you know crack open that uh, fire extinguisher but you know, he's, he's out there in a lot of leagues some other guys uh, Joe Flacco you know the matchup's pretty favorable but uh, against Indianapolis but I still think they're going to do most of their damage on the ground you know, Tyrod Taylor mm-hmm. yeah they figure to be behind and all but I still think that LaShawn McCoy is what's going to make that team go this week and, and not uh, Tyrod Taylor or the passing game and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's had a nice run the last few weeks, but against Jacksonville's um, pass defense, I really don't want any part of that matchup. But uh, what's your take on those guys? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty right there with you. The quarterbacks that are out there on the waiver wire are there for a reason. No one stashed them away. Um, so if you're in a position where you have to go pick somebody up, just you know, if if Nick Foles is out there and he's not going to be in a lot of leagues, but if he is or, or Joe Flacco, those are probably my two bets out of the bunch. So, all right, why don't you um, start us off with your, your top ten quarterbacks and we'll see if we have a little more overlap than we did with the wide receivers. Well, we're going to find out. Um, so, number one on my list, and I, I don't enjoy doing it, but it's Russell Wilson playing against the Cowboys this week. Uh Russell Wilson did not do anybody any favors last week with that horrible performance. I think he's going to bounce back just fine this week. Uh, Tom Brady at two, Phillip Rivers three, Cam Newton and Ben Roethlisberger rounding out my top five. Drew Brees, Matthew Stafford, Case Keenum, Jared Goff, and old Nick Foley and Dynamite at 10. And then I have Alex Smith, Dak Prescott, and Blake Bortles just outside my top 10. Okay. Um, a lot of overlap. Is in Russell our Wilson top on 10. the top of your avoid list? <laughs> no, he is not. Um, <laughs> the, the only, but um, Dak Prescott is. But uh, sorry Ooh. about that. Okay. But uh, I, I do like I do like Ezekiel Elliott a lot this week. If that makes that up at all. But um, 
for sort my of. top I can go ten with list, that. yeah, I think you'll like my game prediction there too. But we'll see. So I have Tom Brady at the top <laughs> of my quarterback list for this week. Philip Rivers is number two. Ben Roethlisberger three. Matthew Stafford four. Russell Wilson five. Drew Brees six. Case Keenum seven. At Matt Ryan at eight, who wasn't on your top ten list. Nick Foles nine. Jared Goff ten. And then, uh, believe it or not, I have Jameis Winston and Blaine Gabbert just outside my top ten. And uh, I'm sure at least one of those guys will end up on your avoid list. But uh, so fair amount of yeah of overlap on our list. There is a reason Matt Ryan was not in my top ten list. It's because he's on my avoid list this week. Uh, cool. <laughs> Matt Matt Ryan's our our big get this week. Uh, Jameis Winston's joining him there, as well as Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Eli Manning, Jay Cutler, Andy Dalton, uh, Marcus Mariota, Joe Flacco. It's it's a who's who of who not to start this week. (laughs) Yeah, I would like I would like to point out that a lot of a lot of the ones that are near and dear to my fantasy playing heart are on this list, and it makes me sad. It's just just not the week for them. Yeah, um, Dak Prescott was, as I mentioned, at the top of my list. Eli Manning, quarterback of my favorite team, is is number two on my avoid list. Jimmy Garoppolo, three. Joe Flacco, four. Brad Hundley, back in the saddle for Green Bay, five. Marcus Mariota, six. Tyrod Taylor, seven. Andy Dalton, eight. Jacoby Brissett, nine. And and, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, ten. Other quarterbacks I really don't want any part of this week are Brock Osweiler, Mitchell Trubisky, Bryce Petty and TJ Yates, but chances are you're not in the finals if you're starting any of those guys last week. Probably not, but if you are, I mean, more power to you. <laughs> yeah, the rest of your team must be pretty awesome. I can only hope. <laughs> yeah. So how about um, tight ends? We have at least one pretty significant injury there, too. So who's on your uh, list for this week? Hunter Henry, uh, do not start him this week because he lacerated his kidney last week. My boyfriend did that last winter. It is not a pretty thing. O.J. Howard's dealing with an ankle injury. Adam Sheehan is dealing with a chest injury, which I always think is really silly to say because it's not, I mean, it's like your ribs or your lungs. It's not just your whole chest, but that's what they're going to call it this week. Um, so, so stay away from them. Uh, for sure, not going to be good starts. However, we have some some all right options on the waiver wire this week. Um, Eric Ebron out there in a lot of places. He, it's been like a wave this year. He was good to start, lost his job. Now we're back. And um, spoiler alert, going into daily fantasy picks later, really high on him and a lot of the lions this week. Um, Charles Clay, always a big proponent of it's, the matchups really fall off after you get after past Eric Ebron for me here. But Charles Clay, um, Antonio Gates, Ben Watson, they're worth streaming. Um, obviously, Antonio Gates is going to get more looks without Hunter Henry there this week. Uh, I just I just don't know if tight end is where I think a lot of those points are going to be scored for the Chargers. But he's healthy. He's going to be out there, and that gives him a leg up on some of the other options you've got on your waiver wire. Yeah, Eric Ebron would also be at the top of my uh, waiver wire. Some others uh, that I do think are also good starts, Jesse James, who we talked about a little bit earlier, going up against Houston's defense. Vernon Davis with Washington going up against Denver. And Antonio Gates, uh, as you mentioned, going against the Jets. Charles Clay, I'm not as big a fan. And, again, that's more just because of my questions, his ongoing questions about his health and also my concern about uh, Tyrod Taylor being his quarterback. I, I think those two in combination would um, would have me hoping that I had a better option to start than, than he is. But uh, So Eric Ebron, would you start him over Greg Olson this week? I guess we'll get to top 10 list in a minute, but uh, what's your take on that one? I don't think I would start him over uh, Greg Olson this week. I actually have Greg Olson in my top 10, which feels weird to say, but uh, I like Eric. I like Eric Ebron's chances a lot. I just think that the Detroit wide receivers are probably going to be bigger point getters than uh, the tight end in that matchup this week. Okay, um, starting with the, I'll 
go first with the tight end top tens. Uh, Rob Gronkowski at the top of my list, like he is most weeks. Zach Ertz with Philadelphia, number two. Jimmy Graham, number three. Eric Ebron is fourth on my list. Cameron Braid, assuming okay. he's healthy, fifth on mine. Antonio Gates, um, the one last gasp for him, I think he's sixth on my list. Jesse James, seven. Kyle Rudolph, assuming he's healthy enough to play, is eighth. Austin Hooper is nine. Ricky Seals-Jones, ten. And uh, glaring by, from, by his omission this week, for me at least, is uh, Travis Kelsey, who I'm guessing will be on your top ten list. Yep, yep. I have Travis Kelsey firmly in the number two spot this week. Um, granted, I think that from how you're talking about Jay Culler, maybe we see that game a little bit differently. I agree with you. I've got Gronk at the top of my list. Zach Ertz at three. Evan Ingram at four. Delaney Walker, five. Jimmy Graham. Greg Olson sitting at number seven. Jack Doyle, Kyle Rudolph, and Eric Ebron's actually ten on my list, followed by Antonio Gates and Jared Cook and Jesse James. Okay, and this one we have a little bit uh, more disagreement on. I have Delaney Walker at the top of my avoid list, uh, Charles Clay number two, Jason Witten three, Evan Ingram four, Jack Doyle five, um, David Njoko six, Garrett Selleck seven. Seems strange to mention his name, but he has been a frequent yes. target of Jimmy Garoppolo's the last few weeks. Yes. Ben Watson would be eighth, Tyler Croft ninth, and Austin Saperian Jenkins rounding out my uh, ten tight ends to avoid this week. So, you know, we we seem we to have uh, more disagreement at tight end than at most positions. Yeah, we do have some a little overlap here. I have Austin Saperian Jenkins on my list as well as Jason Witten, uh, Vernon Davis, Charles Clay, Stephen Anderson, David Njoku, Austin Hooper, Cameron Brait, Ben Watson, and Ricky Seals Jones. So, yeah, it looks like we uh, copied each other's lists and put them in the opposite uh, buckets <laughs> uh, pretty much, but except for the top of the list. Um, so, so that'll keep it interesting. But uh, how about um, should we uh, just get into the games or do you want to – should we take a crack at uh, top ten defenses? And, yeah, let's do top no, ten I think bottom we can, ten. We can get crazy if you want. You want to do that? Yeah, sure. Uh, top ten defenses, uh, who do you like? All right, since we all, we always have completely different looking lists here. Uh, I have the Ravens at one, followed by the Jaguars, Vikings, Steelers, Chargers, Bears, the Eagles, Patriots, Chiefs, and Saints. And I've got the Rams and Seahawks just outside of my top ten. Hey, I had um... – about half of our teams overlap. I have Detroit at number one, Arizona number two, Philadelphia three, Baltimore four, Chicago five, Minnesota six, Denver seven, Jacksonville eight, Pittsburgh nine, and uh, dead heat between uh, Cleveland and Kansas City for ten for me. How about your uh, avoid list? Uh, Buffalo. <laughs> Houston, the Titans, Atlanta, Green Bay, Dallas, Miami, Broncos. It's uh, Some of these games are, are going to be real tough defensive matchups, and then there's enough that I'm on the fence about that, you know, I could I can make a case for some of them, but it just a little, little slim pickings out there for defense, especially on the waiver wire if you're trying to pick one of those up these week, this week. Mm-hmm. Detroit's out there in a lot of leagues, and I guess it depends on whether you think Cincinnati has any last gas, last gas. No, um, they don't. Or still or not, <laughs> but I, I would tend to think that either, so I'm thinking of uh, going out and getting them in one of my leagues. But uh, So for me, Void List, Green Bay, San Francisco, Oakland, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, Buffalo, Tennessee, the Giants, the Jets, and then uh, Miami and Houston kind of rounding out by at the bottom of my uh, top 10 avoid list. So, yeah, I, and once again, I, I was a little bit overly optimistic about how much scoring there would be last week. You know, but, you know, like I thought there would be a little more scoring in Pittsburgh, New England than there was, but uh, some games exceeded uh, even my expectations there. I think I said last week I thought there would be 10 teams with over 
30 points. I don't think that was quite the case, so maybe I was a little optimistic. But um, I I do suspect there will be a fair number of high-scoring games again this week, uh, as well as a few uh, defensive struggles, as you put it. So. Yeah, I think that's that's so, the nicest way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Low scoring so we get sounds into, not as not as good. <laughs> no. So why don't we get into the individual game predictions and everyone will be happy to know most of all the players that there are no Thursday games left this season. You know, hallelujah for that. Uh two that's Saturday exciting. games and two Christmas Day games. Other than that, the other twelve games are on Sunday, and I don't believe there's a late game on Sunday either. I think all the the games are, are starting by 4.30 Eastern time. So, yeah, no no late games Sunday. But uh, why don't we get right yeah. into it? Correct. First up, we've got the early game Saturday afternoon. We've got Indianapolis traveling to Baltimore. Uh, this seems like it should be pretty one-sided to me. The only question is how much does Baltimore score. Again, I think they're going to rely more on the run than the pass here and run out the clock rather than trying to run up the score. I'll go with the final score here of uh, Ravens 24, Colts 14, and quite honestly, I'm not sure that the the Colts can score 14 points, but I'll, I'll go with that. I had the Ravens winning 24-17, so I'm slightly more optimistic about the Colts, uh, but this this doesn't feel like this game's going to feel as close as the score will look. Um, I just, I don't really see a way the Colts are going to win this game. Sorry, Indianapolis. It's just, just not going to happen. So next up we have a Saturday night game, a Christmas Eve Eve game between the Mm -hmm. Vikings and the home Packers. And usually, you know, especially if Aaron Rodgers are quarterback, it'd be pretty hard to pick against. Green Bay at home in December, but not only am I going to pick against Green Bay with Brett Hundley starting instead of Aaron Rodgers, but I also think this game is going to be a blowout, and I'll go with a final score of Minnesota 38, Green Bay 17. I hope this is a more interesting game than I suspect, but uh, I'm not banking on that. How, How do you see this one? Yeah, um, I I was very excited about seeing an Aaron Rodgers-led Packers team play this Case Keenum Vikings team. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. I don't know if it would have made enough of a difference, but either way, I think the Vikings win this convincingly. I have them winning 30-17, to so I have it a little bit closer, but I just – Brent Hundley and this Packers team just don't instill a lot of fear, and this Vikings team is just – they're out there scoring points. It's fun to watch. I don't totally understand how they keep doing this, but I like it. Do you think they're the best team in the NFC right now, or do you think that's the Eagles or the the Rams or somebody else? You know, I mean, I, I just, I feel like I can't say they're the best team because I don't have enough confidence in their run game. Um, I, I think I might have to lean towards the Rams if I had to pick one of the three right now, but I think all three of them are pretty evenly matched. Yeah. I, I, before Carson Wentz's injury, I mean, they they you know, won a high-scoring game against the Rams in Los Angeles a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. but uh, if there's a rematch, it's almost certainly going to be in Philadelphia and colder weather, but uh, again, Nick Foles and not Carson Wentz would be their quarterbacks, so that would be interesting. I, I think Minnesota is actually the best balanced team of the three, but I'm not sure that that would necessarily translate into playoff victories, but we'll see there. You know, none of those quarterbacks really have any you know, playoff experience to speak of. So, you know, To me, you none can... of the three teams feel like someone you're you're afraid to play come the playoffs. Like there does to me there's nobody in the NFC that really you're like, ah, I really don't want to see them. Like I feel like across the board any of these teams could beat anybody else on a given day. Because well, I, I don't know, I just don't feel the like AFC they're they're too, in like I an just... elite team. Yeah, I, I think this year has just been a weird year. Like you're not going into it like, oh I don't want to see Seattle or oh I don't want to see the the Patriots. It's just 
everyone feels like they're beatable. If you catch them at the right time, you play in the right way. It feels like you could take yeah, I mean, I could even see Carolina or New Orleans winding up in the Super Bowl if they mm-hmm. get, you know, lucky with their draws and, you know, win a close game or two. You know, I, I think they're legitimately five teams from the NFC that could wind up in the Super Bowl at this point. You know, I look and I'd be really surprised if it's anyone other than you know, New England or Pittsburgh in the AFC. But I suppose stranger things have happened. But uh, anyway, yeah. so getting back to the individual games, next up, first of the Sunday games, we've got New Orleans hosting Atlanta in a rematch of the Thursday night game from a couple of weeks ago. Again, that's strange that these two teams wouldn't have played until week 14 of the season, but that's the way it goes. And uh, like two weeks ago, I'm expecting a very high-scoring game. Two weeks ago, it was not a high-scoring game. The final score there was 2017 here. I'm expecting almost double that. Uh, but since it's at home, I think the Saints will eke out the victory. I'll go with a final score of Saints 38 and Falcons 35. What, how do you see this one? I actually I don't see it all that much differently. I have the Saints winning 34-30. I don't I don't like to pick against Drew Brees at home. I really don't like what's going on with the Saints now. I Devontae Freeman is the guy there. Matt Ryan is just hmm. I, <laughs> it's just not working right now. Uh, he's he's doing enough to not lose games, but he's not going out there to win games. I don't feel like. Um, so I I think we're certainly going to get more of what we expect these teams this week. I don't, I don't think it'll be as low scoring, like you said, as last time. Okay. And next up, we've got New England hosting Buffalo. And I think Buffalo is going to keep this surprisingly close, even with Tyrod Taylor, a quarterback. I think LaShawn McCoy is, is going to have a dominant game against New England's defense. The only thing that I could see interrupting that, that idea or, or, you know, putting that, thought uh, making that irrelevant is if New England somehow gets out to a two or three touchdown lead in the first half already and Buffalo is just forced to start throwing you know every down other than that I think if Buffalo can control the ball and you know use LaShawn McCoy on most of their plays I think they're going to keep this close but ultimately I think it's hard to pick against New England Tom Brady in December at home so I'll go with a final score of New England 34 Buffalo 27 Okay. Um, yeah, I, I have New England winning this 31-21. I want the Bills to be competitive. I want them to stay in this. And I, I love LaShawn McCoy, but I just I think that as this game goes on, they're going to have to throw the ball more. And the longer your defense is on the field, uh, turnovers start happening. That's just, to me, I just don't think the Bills have enough to stay with them the whole way. All right, this is scary. We've agreed on the first four games, so let's see if we can uh, keep this Merry rolling Christmas, or not. Everyone. I don't think we, <laughs> I don't think we've ever agreed on all sixteen games. I think we agreed on thirteen games once in a in a. In bye eight week, years, it's but, never happened. Yeah. So next up, let's see if we that's the suspense for the rest of the show. I think see if that will happen <laughs> or not. Uh, this next game is one where potentially we could uh, get derailed. I. I picked Cleveland at home the last couple of weeks. They came close two weeks ago, not so much last week. Now they take to the road against um, the Bears, a team that has a, a decent running game and not much of a passing game, but I think they're going to be able to do just enough on the ground, even against Cleveland's defense, to pull this out. Uh, I'll go with the final score of Bears 21, Browns 14. All right, everyone, the suspense is over. <laughs> I'm taking Cleveland. We are getting a Christmas gift in Cleveland this week. Hugh Jackson, 2-0 and when playing on Christmas Eve. John Fox, 0-2 when playing on Christmas Eve. These are important stats here. <laughs> um, but <laughs> in reality, um, I think that the Browns and Josh Gordon are going to be able to do just enough, and they're going to edge out old gunslinger Mitchell Trubisky, and they're going to get a win. They're going to win this year. <laughs> I can't believe you're picking them, but what, what's the score? Oh, it just brings so much joy when I surprise you like that. Like, you're so sure I'm not going this way, and then, oh, here we go. <laughs> well, I was pretty sure if there was a game we were going to disagree on, it was that one. So 
give me some credit, but uh, what's I mean, your you final can't argue with hard one? statistics. That's hard science, no, right there. Especially two the John Fox two. Christmas Eve stats when he wasn't, when he's never coached <laughs> the Bears on Christmas Eve. But uh, don't I didn't say it was uh, with the Bears. I didn't lifetime. <laughs> All right. So, what's your final score for the third time? I have Cleveland winning twenty-three twenty in a barn burner. Okay. All right. Well, I hope you're right about Josh <laughs> Gordon, but. Uh, I I have him on my avoid list, but we'll see. All right, next up, um, we've got Denver traveling two time zones east to play Washington, and neither of these teams really doing uh, what they had hoped to earlier in the season. Denver beset by quarterback problems, Washington beset by running back and receiver problems. I think in Sparta, in offensive line of problems box, and defensive line problems. Yeah. <laughs> owner problems, but uh, yeah, nickname you know. problems, but you, you mm-hmm. name it. But in spite of all that, I think that um, in spite of the Brock Osweiler experience, as you like to refer to it, um, getting mm-hmm. one last shot here the last couple weeks of the season, I think that Denver is going to pull this out. C.J. Anderson's looked a lot better last couple weeks, um, and I think they're going to win this by a touchdown even on the road. I'll go with a final score. Broncos 24, Redskins 17. I agree with you. The Broncos are going to win this. I have them winning 20 to 17. Uh, so a little closer. I just I think their defense definitely is a difference maker. I do I do find it very interesting when the Brockweilers on the field, but the Redskins there's just there's nobody left. They don't have healthy bodies at this point. It's it's really not even their fault that they can't win games. But granted, they look very suspect at times, and Kirk Cousins is making some very questionable decisions. But in all fairness, he has no offensive line in front of him. Their defensive line's in shambles. I mean, it's just it's tough. I, it's hard to win games that way. Yeah, ask Eli Manning how how you do when you don't have an offensive line, but. What's he got, like, 103 pass attempts in the last two weeks? I, he's he's thrown for his life. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah, good. He's, no. Um, next up, we've got Detroit at Cincinnati. And this one, again, this, this seems like a, a mismatch to me. Cincinnati, I know we keep disagreeing on A.J. Green week after week. But, again, I just don't really I, – I blame that more on Andy Dalton than I do on uh, – Ninja Ninja. On, on A.J. Green, I wonder if maybe it's time for the Bengals to move on from A.J. Green. Um, I mean, not A.J. Green, from uh, Andy Dalton. We'll see. Maybe next uh, year, if they don't try to trade him to the Browns again, they'll have A.J. McCarron thrown to A.J. Green. But um, maybe. I'll go I'll go with Detroit to win this by a couple of touchdowns, even on the road. I'll say Lions 24, uh, Bengals 10. I've got Detroit winning this 30-14. to 14. Um, I, I like A.J. Green's chances because they're going to be behind all day. Um, it's just – this isn't a fair fight. Like you said, the Bengals have to – they have to move on. They have to change things dramatically. Um, just coaching change I don't think is going to be enough. It may be time for Andy Dalton to move on. and Maybe Andy Dalton goes to the Browns since A.J. McCarron couldn't do it. I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, I – we guess that's not happening. I, I think if Hugh Jackson stays in Cleveland, and that's not a given with their new GM now, but if he stays in Cleveland, my guess is that he's going to ride the Deshaun Kaiser train, you know, for better or worse for get another year. Train. I think he's, he's pardon. He said, get off that train. I'm not a believer. Well, I'm not necessarily either, but I think if you knew that you only had one year to, you know, get your, you know, to save your job, I just think that they're not going to, you know, want to bring in another rookie quarterback and mm. break him in and, you know, go through the ups and downs that inevitably come with that. I, I would guess that, you know, if he's still there in Cleveland, they're going to give Deshaun Kaiser another year and just try to surround him with better players with their draft picks. But we'll see. So um, sure. next up we we've got – Next up, we've got the Chargers visiting the Jets. I think the Jets will keep this reasonably close, but I still think Chargers are the better team, you know, even in spite of the loss last week to you know, Kansas City. I'll go with uh, the Chargers to win this one on the road. Chargers 31, Jets 23. 
got a little lower scoring. I have the Chargers winning 27-16. I just I think the Jets are, are running out of steam a little bit, and this Chargers offense, man, they look good right now. Yeah, can you imagine with um, – yeah, I, I just can't imagine with um, um, Joey Bosa and, and um, um, Melvin Ingram getting a shot at Bryce Petty. That's, that's going to be a pretty nasty sight, I think. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a long day for Bryce Petty. <laughs> I can say that pretty confidently. Yeah. For the Jets fans' sake, I hope they don't uh, resort to putting Christian Hackenberg in, but uh, we'll see what happens mm-hmm. there. Next up, we've got the Rams at Tennessee. This gives me a little bit of pause. You know, just you know, here we have two Los Angeles teams you know, traveling east for early games. I guess technically the Rams are in the central time zone rather than the eastern time zone, but I think both of the Los Angeles teams will win this week. I'll pick the Rams to beat Tennessee um, 34-24. to Rams really showed me a lot last week bouncing back after the disappointing loss to the Eagles at home to take care of business the way they did against the Seahawks on the road. I thought they had a chance to be in that game, but I picked Seattle to win, and I certainly wasn't expecting a, a Rams blowout. I don't think anyone so I'll go with the final score here, I mean, 34, that was yeah. I agree with you here. I mean, I'm, I'm taking Todd the Gurley had a good game in the first half. Yeah, but I mean, even that, I, it, it it wasn't even just that the Rams were so overwhelming. Seattle was just bad. They were bad across the board. I mean, nothing about that team looked good in that game. Unfortunately, I think they'll bounce back a little bit this week, but we'll get there in a minute. Uh, as far as this game goes, I'm taking the Rams 35-21. Even on the road, going to the Eastern time zone, I just I think they have way too much going for them right now, and the Titans are floundering a little bit. Makes me sad, but yeah, they, Marcus, just, they don't seem to have an identity right now. We talked about this when we were giving out our Turkey Awards a few weeks ago, but Marcus yeah. Mariota is definitely one of the biggest disappointments in, in fantasy football for me this year. I can't argue with you, especially over the last, what, five, six weeks. He's been terrible. He's thrown more interceptions than anybody else, I think. Yeah, I mean, just poor decision-making. I mean, and, and a lot of that's, a lot of that's on him. I mean, it's, it's not like they have a huge amount of injuries or they're down so many guys. I, he's just, he's making bad decisions. Okay, next up we've got um, Kansas City. I think this is their third game in a row that they're hosting. Um, they, they took care of Oakland. They took care of the Chargers. Now they've got Miami coming in. I think they're going to make it three straight at home. Uh, gives them the victory here, uh, 31 Chiefs for 21 for the Dolphins. I've got Kansas City winning 27-14. It's a little lower scoring. I just... Again, uh, this Dolphins team, another one that's struggling, doesn't really have an identity. They they just they have weeks where they look like they're all right, and they go out and they beat teams they have no business beating, and then they have weeks where, you know, it looks like Jay Cutler's playing quarterback and they don't have a running back. So uh, this Chiefs team is going to – I think they'll take the lead early, and that's pretty much going to be it. I don't think that the Dolphins are really going to put up too, too much of a fight here. All right, moving on, we've got Tampa Bay traveling to Carolina. And, again, I don't think this is really a fair fight either. I'll go with a Carolina blowout, final score, Carolina 37, Tampa Bay 20. I have them winning by 10. I have Carolina winning 27-17. I think there's a lot of off-the-field issues going on this week that maybe seep in a little bit. But uh, the Buccaneers, you know, they they started better. They had a lot of potential. I think that they're still a team that – you know, with one or two right additions in the off season, could really be a contender next year, but they're just not there yet. Yeah, and losing O.J. Howard doesn't help either. No, I mean, I don't. They they went out of ran out of tight ends at an alarming rate last week. I mean, it was like one after the other. <laughs> it wasn't good. Yeah. So next up, we've got a late game between Jacksonville and San Francisco out on the West Coast. Jacksonville, as I alluded to earlier, surprisingly, after last mm-hmm. week's blowout, now has a top five scoring offense. Which, you know, when did you think you'd ever 
hear that about a Blake Bortles led team, but probably again, never. <laughs> like like this matchup um, this week, and I think Jacksonville will more than double up on San Francisco. I'll go with the final score of Jaguars 38, 49ers 17. Oh, okay. I I gave the 49ers a little more respect here. I have the Jaguars winning 30 to 23. Um, it just this Jaguars defense was good enough to win games on its own, and all of a sudden Blake Bortles has like remembered how to be an effective quarterback, and it's too much. It's just too much for the 49ers to overcome. Um, I I don't think they're going to hang around too much, but you know at least they'll be on the field more than a lot of other teams. <laughs> I don't think they'll throw quite as many dumb interceptions. So, you know, it'll be a little more of a fair fight as far as time of possession goes, but I think the Jaguars just have more in the tank. Okay. Speaking of teams that uh, don't have much in the tank, we've got the Giants traveling to the Cardinals. I think this is also going to be Not a, a marquee matchup just, this week. No, but Arizona just seems like a much better team at home than they are on the road. Uh, since they're back at home this week, Giants looked you know, respectable, at least on offense, against the Eagles last week. But I, I think they're going to struggle against Arizona. I'll go with the final score here of Arizona 34 and Giants 13. This will make you happy. I'm going to actually pick the Giants to win this game. I have them winning 20-17. to 17. I think you're going to hear a lot of Eli Manning to Sterling Shepard. Uh, I think he, Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram are, are going to be the lifesavers in this game. And the Cardinals, while they are better at home, I will absolutely agree with you there. I just think the Giants are a little bit more desperate right now. I don't think Eli Manning wants to go down this season as embarrassed <laughs> as it's looked. Uh, and I think they're going to they're gonna pull a little bit out of the tank here and surprise everybody. I'm, I'm taking the Giants in an upset. Well, that would almost... I mean, that's going to give them a worse draft position, which is a Giants fan is all you really have to look forward to. If I'm the Giants, I bring Eli Manning back next year. If you want to, they already have a quarterback of the future on the roster. If you want to draft another one in the second or third round, go ahead. But, you know, I, I think they have to take the best offensive lineman they can get in the first round, either that or, or take someone like Saquon, you know, Barkley or, or Darian Geis, you know, if they want to go that direction but uh, uh, I just yeah. I think to take a I, I don't think quarterback is, is their biggest need right now you know, I think they can make do with Eli and they have uh, more pressing problems but anyway onward and upward we've got Seattle at <laughs> Dallas and uh, Ezekiel Elliott back I think that's going to be enough uh, I'll go with Dallas uh, winning at home 28-24 I have them winning 30-27 to I think Russell Wilson bounces back in a big way. I think Ezekiel Elliott makes a big stand. But you still are going to see some Rod Smith sprinkled in there. And uh, hopefully Dan Billy can get his act together and kick through the uprights this week. Okay, we've got Pittsburgh at Houston in the first of the two Christmas Day games. I don't really see this being very competitive. It's just the only disagreement I think Mm -hmm. we have is how Pittsburgh is going to score their points. But I'll go with the final score here of uh, Pittsburgh 31, Houston 20. I actually have the exact same score. <laughs> okay. So, there you go. <laughs> All right. So well, it's a lock. Take it to the bank. All right. And then finally, the Christmas night game, we've got the Eagles hosting the Raiders. I think this is going to conclude a weekend of, of not very competitive games, and I'll go with the Eagles to win this pretty easily. I'll take the Eagles 38-14 over the Raiders. The Eagles winning thirty to fourteen, so a, a little a little bit better outcome for Raiders fans. But I think it's definitely the, the Eagles game to win this week. And then real quick before we sign off, I'll give you a couple daily fantasy picks. If you're looking to stack anybody this week, go big on Detroit, the Bears, and the Panthers. Uh, as far as quarterbacks, Mitchell Trubisky, Blake Bortles, Matthew Stafford. There's your value. There's your picks. They'll be covered across the board at running back. Theo Riddick, Christian McCaffrey, Deion Lewis, and C.J. Anderson. Wide receiver, you've got a ton of value plays this week. Marvin Jones, Robert Woods, D.D. Westbrook, Josh Doxson, Sterling Shepard, Josh Gordon, Kendall Wright, and Paul Richardson. All great plays. At tight end, Delaney Walker, who I'm clearly much higher, higher on than the Sherpa, Evan Ingram, and Vernon Davis. And at defense, the Jaguars, Cardinals, Cowboys, and Panthers. You can't go wrong there. 
that is going to bring us to the end of the show this week. Good luck in your championships. Find us all week long, all of our social media at fantasyfootballsherpa.com, on the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page on Facebook, at the number four THN Inches Show, JKIM16, and Fantasy underscore Sherpa on Twitter. And, of course, we are here for all of your last-minute needs going into the championships. Good luck to Sherpa. Good luck to all of you, unless, of course, you're playing us this week. And let's see what happens in the championship. And Merry Christmas to everyone who celebrates.